Oh my God, I am so excited to share this episode with you. I am really jazzed. I'm recording this right after having recorded the episode. So here we go. Let's get into the sponsor. Okay, so my guest is Brendan from Master Talk. And the only reason I'm saying that is because I forget how to say your last name, Brendan. I'm so sorry if you're listening to this, but you did give me that cop out at the beginning of the episode. You guys will hear what I'm talking about uh, when the episode starts. But man, I, uh, I'm i really jazzed about this one because Brendan is a public speaking expert. He has a YouTube channel, Master Talk, dedicated to this, but he also is just an incredibly insightful guy, and this conversation is one of my favorites that I've had in a long time. So, uh, Brendan, thank you so much for reaching out, man. I really appreciate it. Glad to have you on. Gonna, gonna, gonna I don't even know what I'm see. See, this is why I need him on. I'm stumbling over my words, and I'm not editing it either. Brendan, I'm so happy you came on. Gotta have you back on. Here we go, guys. Get ready. Get set. It is Brendan from Master Talk. Hey, what's up, buddy? Brendan, what is going on, man? First and foremost, how exactly do I say your last name? I want to make sure I get this right. Sorry, I'm munching on a watermelon. I wasn't sure when you're gonna call me. <laughs> no, you're good. It's um, it's pronounced Kumarasamy, but if you're having trouble with it, you can just say Brendan from Master Talk. <laughs> Brendan from Master Talk. All right, uh, I feel a lot more comfortable in saying that. <laughs> Go for it, man. That's awesome, dude. So, okay. So for everyone listening, just to give some context here, um, you had reached out to me on a, uh, on this, uh, website or app, I guess you could say that, uh, I guess connects podcasters to potential guests and, and, and whatnot and, and read your message and you had sent the link to your channel, I believe. And, um, checked it out and I was instantly like yes this guy needs to come on because I think this is something that is really interesting to talk about which is public speaking uh it's something that you know I do on a podcast it's something that a lot of people do and and there's a lot of um issues when it comes to public speaking and I'm sure we're going to get into a lot of really good talk with that but I just find it really cool that you had reached out in the first place and uh, wanted to come on here and talk about this because it's clearly something that you're very passionate about. You have a YouTube channel dedicated to this. You got it, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for the kind words. So how did public speaking and and being someone that is uh, advocating for the best when it comes to public speaking, how did that like, how did that come into your life? How did you become someone that was, cause you actually talk really, really well. Like it doesn't sound like you ever used the word like. <laughs> <laughs> it's a practice art. Don't worry, man. It's all good. But yeah, anyways, when I was in, when I was in, are we recording now, by the way? Yeah, dude, we're, we're off okay, and running. All right, cool. Let's do it. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Anyways. So when I was in university, I used to do these things called case competitions. Well, think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So in the same way that, you know, other guys my age would like eat chicken wings and like watch college football games or something. I ate the same chicken wings, but instead of watching college football games, I was watching college presentations. So like the University of Florida presenting a competition or 
you know, a university in Europe giving a presentation. And I just got really obsessed with presenting competitively. So just to give an idea of how crazy this world is, people fly out from Bangkok, Thailand to Montreal, Canada, where I'm based, spend $10,000 to enter the competition. Hotels, accommodation, food, all of that is paid by the university. And the only thing that the students are there for is to give PowerPoint presentations. Wow. Absolutely insane. That was my life. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. Sorry. I was going to say that that is absolutely crazy when you say it like that. It's, uh, but it, but, but it is a culture, right? It is like a, it's, it's something that is, that is happening. Well, maybe not this year, but next year for sure. Like it, like this is something that happens on a pretty regular basis, right? You got it. It's like a subculture within a subculture. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, so I did that for a couple of years. And and just to give context, the reason why we, because I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, why would you put yourself through all that misery? Like I'm going through, like I was presenting three times a week. So in, in three years of university, I probably presented like 500 times or something. Like it was nuts. And from that, I was also coaching the new people who were entering the competition program, like the new, you know, the freshman students who wanted to join in the program. So after I graduated, I'd probably coach like 75 of those kids, even if I was a kid myself. But anyways, after I started working in the corporate world, kind of asked myself the following question, which is how do I use my time and expertise to make an impact in the world? And that's when the idea for the YouTube channel started. And it's called Master Talk, and you have uh, you have a pretty substantial following. And and what it's only about a year old or something, or because I because I tried to go back through your through your catalog of videos, and I think it goes back to just about a year ago. Yeah, exactly. So so I had started the so I've been coaching people since I was like nineteen or twenty years old, but I started the so that's so it's been like uh, five years now probably. But when I started the Master Talk, specifically the YouTube channel, I started in January 2019. So it's been around 18 months now. Dang, dude, that's awesome, man. And and you've and you've okay. There's a lot of questions I have when it comes to this because when you watch somebody or when you listen to somebody, and the only person that I can give an example of is me right now. So when you listen to somebody, are you? are you actively listening to what they're saying or are you listening to how they're saying? Are do you, do you have a switch that you turn on and off or, or how does that work? <laughs> Cause like that, like mm-hmm. I, I would imagine for someone like you, who's really passionate about just this, where you're trying to make sure that, uh, the way you communicate is as fluent as possible. It's if you're listening to someone that is consistently going, uh, um uh like 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 I, I would imagine you have a switch that immediately turns on and you want to go into instructor mode <laughs> that's that's very observant of you man so so just to give an idea here of how insane i was when i used to do competitions back in the day you know i would go to like big big competitions you know, like 13 other universities and we would be the fan favorites because our school would win most of the years so all the other universities hated us so when we were in our hotel rooms and nobody else wanted to talk to us, and we frankly didn't want to talk to them either, only goals really winning the competition, or else we would disgrace our university, is we were literally spend two hours, Eddie, like two hours in the hotel room. And my teammate, Catherine, would literally look at me for two hours and say, am I smiling correctly? And I would literally go, no, you're not smiling correctly. Let's go back into the mirror and do this again. And we did that 
hours and hours till it was perfect. So as you can imagine, I did the same thing with, with voice. So when I started, I used to have a very aggressive tone. So I, I didn't want to um, persuade you of my attention. I wanted to demand it. Like, this is what we're going to do. This is how it's going to work. And as you can imagine, in, in competition land, for the other 80 people who, for some reason, wanted to do this, they're very obsessive too. So they're not afraid to tell you that you sound really aggressive and no one's going to listen to you. Right. And there are probably more harsher words that they would use that I won't go over, but you get it. Like they're not very kind. So I learned really quickly what was the perfect kind of um, range of my voice that works in a way that's very persuasive. So back to your question, whenever I hear someone speak, I look at both. So whenever someone's speaking, I'm thinking at the back of my head, like obviously I'm listening to them, like this is what they're saying to me. But the other dial that's going off is like, man, this person or this gal or guy, I'm sure nobody listens to what they have to say or takes their advice because they're 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 way too aggressive in their demeanor or something like that. Dang, dude. That's that's fascinating to me because you're based in Canada, right? You said you're in Canada. You got it. So Okay, so you have a really interesting perspective when it comes to being an outsider of the United States. So the the honestly, we probably should have kicked it off with this because I mean, I don't do a whole lot of politics on the show because I try to, you know, I mean, I'm not really well informed into it. But when you hear Donald Trump talk, what do you think? <laughs> Be completely honest with it. Right. So, so the, Donald's an interesting character and is an interesting example to think about because. A lot of people, especially other speech coaches, they think there's some sort of rule to public speaking. Oh, like, Eddie, if you don't follow this rule, you don't sound like this, you're not a good speaker. And I think that's wrong, right? The, the way that we need to think about public speaking is outcome-based. So for the outcome that you're trying to achieve, are you, is your voice and your ability to speak achieving that outcome? So let's say you're like this aggressive sales rep okay, that's like loud and obnoxious and nobody likes you. And you have a quota to sell, let's say, 100,000 of product in a room, and you sell 300, but you do it in a very, like, like a not very nice way. By my definition of public speaking, you're successful, even if I don't like you, even if I don't like that salesperson, because he achieved the outcome. Uh, another good example I can draw, and then we, we'll talk about Trump, is, is Gary V. Like Gary Vaynerchuk, for those who don't know, he's like this, you know, he's this very, he's this 42 year old man who has like 8 million followers on Instagram. And he's the CEO of one of the largest marketing agencies in the world, VaynerMedia. A lot of people love him and a lot of people hate him. They go, you know, he's like super aggressive. He's always swearing all the time. But to me, Gary Vee is an exceptional presenter, not because of, from a technical perspective, like obviously he doesn't, he ums and ahs a lot and does all those other mistakes. But he gets the outcome that he wants to achieve, which is raving fans. He has the most raving loyal fan base I've ever seen of any influencer in the space, which is which is the point and the outcome of his presentations to begin with. So if you think about Trump, so sure, sure from like a standard perspective, sure he like you know says a lot of hurtful things and isn't a very nice person. But in many ways, Trump is doing exactly what is expected of any great speaker in the sense of he's getting the outcomes that he wants and he's communicating to their audience, which is not me and you. Let's put make that clear, right? Yeah, exactly. Which is to an audience who, who wants him to say that, who are against the institution, who want to see a man who is not manned by the system, right? So for, for those people, Trump is the savior and he still is to this day. And in many ways, and this is the trick to the and this is for anybody who wants to be really smart, in my opinion, is you always need to be open to all different perspectives. And here's one you probably haven't considered. In many ways, Trump is the greatest motivational speaker who ever lived. Why? 
because he did the one thing that literally every other American thought was impossible, which is becoming the president of the United States, exactly. which is the, like the <laughs> ultimate outcome. Right. So I'm not saying I like the guy because I don't like giving my political opinion on things. But what I will say is from a public speaking perspective, he hit his outcome. So to me, he, he passes as a great speaker. That's a that that I I really appreciate that because yeah uh, it it's hard to separate and like you said you're not going to give your political views and I 100% respect that it's but it is hard for a lot of people to admit that and I think it is something that I know I believe I believe you know whatever I believe the guy to be he has a charisma he has this this weird ability and it might be because he did you know, prior to becoming the president of the United States. And it just, I got to always re like remind myself about that. I, he is the president of the United States, the guy that hosted the apprentice. It's it, so it's, it's this weird, <laughs> it's this weird amalgamation of, he had so many years leading up to it of being in the public eye and, and he crafted it over, over the years. And it's, it's actually really fun to go back on like YouTube and, and just, find old interviews with him from like the nineties and, and, and to see like he had pretty much back then what he still has today. This, this, like you said, this masterful ability to just make the impossible happen. And he did the impossible task. So yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. It's just something that I think a lot of people have a hard time admitting, you know, cause a lot of people don't like the guy and, and whether or not I do, I, I really don't know, honestly, at the end of the day, but he has that ability. So when when he talks, he has this he has this way of making it make sense to I think the layperson, and I think that I mean, is that is what made him made him win the presidency. Go ahead, sorry. No, 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 absolutely. And, and you're absolutely right. I think I think where most people lose is they stop the conversation there. Like you said, you know, they go Trump is not someone I like, so I'm not going to try and learn from him. Or, you know, they say, oh, this person, I don't like this person. He cut me off in traffic. He's probably a terrible human being who shouldn't be alive, right? It's like people just jump to conclusions. Like, whoa, what if, what if his mother was sick and he was just trying to get there really quickly? Like nobody really spends the time to, to understand everyone's perspective. And to kind of bring this to, to public speaking as an example for you, Eddie, let's, let's think about the way that we compare public speaking. A lot of speech coaches, what they do is they go, did you know that after death, public speaking is the greatest fear of all time? And I think of this, I'm like, okay, this is true. But at the same time, if your outcome, back to outcome-based public speaking, if your goal is to inspire people, to get people excited about you know, speaking and sharing their ideas, the last thing you want to compare it to is death. So how does that make any sense? Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, good luck figuring that one out. I don't know, man. It's <laughs> it's uh, what I wanted to do, because I have a lot of questions, but something I definitely wanted to make sure we accomplished in this episode is I want you to, because I'm sure you have a lot of techniques and, and, and a lot of... Um, I guess you could say uh, public speaking 101. And I want you to kind of give me some of those those techniques that we can try out here on the podcast because I think it would actually be, one, beneficial to me because I'm always trying to improve the way I talk. Um, and second, I think it would actually be really entertaining for people listening because I'm pretty much a moron a lot of times. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Let, let's start with a simple one. So this one's called the random word exercise. So why don't you just give me a random word, Eddie? Ooh, store. 
store. Okay, so what I need to do with this word is I need to create a presentation of thin air. So here I go. A lot of people tend to ask me where I shop. Online, eh, maybe for the things that I need. Convenience store, sure. But the biggest place that I usually shop out is the store. It's not a small convenience store. It's the grocery store. It's Walmart. It's the super center. It's the place where all of the objects, everything you need is all in this magical kingdom of one location. When, you, when I stepped into a grocery store, I always can't stop but think at how many systems need to be put in place, at how many employees, how many people need to be a part of this kind of conundrum for me to get a piece of bread in the morning to make the system work. And I've always been fascinated with stores. That's why in today's presentation, I'm going to talk about the history of stores and where stores are going into the future. So notice I just, that literally is out of complete thin air. So this is what we call the random word exercise. What you do is for five minutes every day, you want to just pick five random objects in your house or have your wife or your partner or your family members or somebody in your house just give you a word. And you want to create presentations like that. So I always, I always like recommending five words for five minutes every day. And what this forces you to do is it forces you to get out of your comfort zone and to, to essentially talk about spaghetti for a couple of minutes. Because if you can do that, then when you're actually giving a presentation that you're actually passionate about and actually know something in, it's a lot easier for you to go back there. But one of the, one of the keys to that exercise is you can't, because you didn't stop to think. It sounded like you had that all mapped out, right? Absolutely. And there's definitely a couple of things to that. So, so what I like to recommend for people, because it's, it's baby steps, right? I, I've probably done this exercise like a thousand times. So, and I'm not even exaggerating that. So, so don't worry at the beginning. So I would say, you know, as you start, you know, it's okay for pausing a bit to think, you know, and I get like the store was the first time I ever did that one. So I just kind of had to think through it my feet there. So it wasn't perfect. But as you move through it, then you can challenge yourself and say, okay, let me try without pauses. Let me try with a word that somebody else gives me. And then over time, the discomfort level starts to decrease a lot because you start to get a lot more confident because you start to say, hey, you know, if I can give a presentation on squash, and I don't know jack about squash, well, I can probably talk about marketing for a couple of minutes or something. Interesting. Interesting. So I want you to do the same thing to me, but I have to do it in a presentation style. Like it can't just be a casual talk. Yeah. Yeah, sure. We know it's funny. Podcasters usually don't ask me to do the extra back to them. <laughs> so I, I like, I like the bravery, man. Oh, you've given me like a power that uh, no one has given me so far. I feel kind of evil. What should I do? Uh, I'll give you an easy one. No, coffee. Coffee. Oh man, dude. I love coffee and i'm not actually bullshitting you i hope you don't mind by the way because i know you're canadian i hope you don't mind censored words and and explicit no words. no don't worry it's all, all right good. sweet dude because this yeah this podcast is not uh censored so anyways i love coffee man every morning i wake up and seriously and that's the first thing that pops in my head what am i gonna or how am i gonna get my cup of coffee today usually it's at dunkin donuts sometimes it's starbucks but coffee is the thing that keeps me going it's the thing that just seriously, without coffee, if, if I go one day without coffee, somehow my day is not nearly as good as it could have been. So coffee is this thing that just, I could have literally the worst day. Somebody, somebody in my family could die and I could have a cup of coffee and I'd be somewhat okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
was that okay? Like, seriously, don't, because I know you're the guest. Don't, don't, uh, don't kiss my ass. <laughs> no, it's pretty good for a first try. I'll give you that. All right. So, uh, so two things. One, I went easy on you on purpose because I literally was debating between coffee and zebra. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's a, Eddie's a good guy. I'm not going to give him zebra. It's going <laughs> to mess him up for the day, even if he had a cup of coffee in the morning. But one thing I'll challenge you to do that I challenge a lot of people to do with a random word is don't just talk about the facts, like what coffee is and what it does for you, but also talk about your favorite moments with coffee. So when I, when I got coffee the first time, like the, uh, the word for the exercise, because I mostly drink tea, but I kind of use the same analogy, I talked about how a cup of coffee isn't just a drink. It's a moment in time where you sit back and relax and just look at the sunrise, see your beautiful family kind of get together around the table. And it just makes you enjoy the simplicities of life. Right? And the more descriptive you are, you know, the plate that comes on the table right next to the cup of coffee, your favorite eggs, you get more descriptive about the moment that you want to share with people. That's how you really take this thing and you push it on steroids, essentially. Interesting, man. I love it. Seriously, that was a lot of fun. I also think that this is, um, I might be a little bit not exactly what you're because I have a I have a history of theater I have a history of doing um like acting and all through my 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 years in high school that was the thing like I thought that's what I wanted to do with my life I thought I wanted to be an actor and it sounds like this this has a lot to do with maybe that ability maybe that ability to improvise maybe that ability to take the words and you know because doing acting you're obviously memorizing a script and you now have to take that script and present it as though those are your words and not something that you memorized. So I think maybe if someone comes from that field, uh, it's a little easier for someone that has, or it's a little easier than someone that has no history with maybe theater, acting, whatever. It, like, would you agree with that or, or, or not entirely? I would actually. I actually have a video on my YouTube channel called The Three Lessons I Learned from Theater that apply to any presentation. And I think there's definitely a lot of analogies there. I'm sure I didn't do theater as much as you did. I just did a, couple, a small stint in improv. But I think there's, there's definitely a lot of tie-ins. Like one example is this idea of saying yes to disaster. You know, I think what's, what's, what fascinates me about improv is that you don't you literally pick nothing like somebody gives you a scene of fruit and like a like a garbage bin and you have to like make it funny and create something out of thin air you have to always say yes in that scene and i think that plays a lot to public speaking because in many presentations you give sometimes the mic doesn't work sometimes your slides don't work sometimes they don't even let you in the presentation room. they forget you they forgot you even had a presentation to give and you're kind of just there like what why are they not letting me in so you're always going to be faced with situations like one in particular i had was I was preparing for like my most important keynote. I was like presenting to like 500 people or something crazy. And in that keynote, I, f I found out 15 minutes before the actual presentation that I had to do half of it in French. And then I just went, oh, crap. So I, I speak French. It's not the end of the world, but like I needed to like prepare the other half in like five minutes or something. So, so you have to always be comfortable with disaster. And I think theater helps you do that. Oh, 100%. Have you ever seen that show, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yes, I've seen a couple, but I'm not an ultra fan, but I've, I've seen it. I was really impressed by the people. Yeah, dude, that I mean, that is that is, uh, I think, one of the, the prime examples of what you just talked about, because that entire show and I I'm pretty sure they even toured. I don't know if they went worldwide, but they definitely went around North America and and 
it, it, it's something to behold. Those those guys are are, and I think there's even some some female performers on there. But it's uh, I think it mostly started out with guys, but. It's something crazy to watch. If anyone listening has not seen that, uh, on top of checking out Master Talk, go check out uh, whose, whose line is anyway. Appreciate the plug, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Comparing me to that show, I was like, wow, that's very humbling. I'll uh, take that. Yeah, you got to get that plug in there. Um, no, man, I love it, dude. I like seriously, I really do like it, and I I also love that you're Canadian because there's that stigma around Canadians that. You guys are so incredibly nice, right? And and this just fits what you're doing because you can't be contrary to popular belief going back to Trump. You can't be a douchebag and be a good public speaker. And <laughs> and and some and 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 you're doing it, man, cuz you're 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 in Canada and some of the nicest people, no pun intended, that I know come from Canada. Like I have a lot of a lot of people I watch up in Canada and and follow and they just seem like the nicest people. Like, what is up with that? Why? Why is Canada? Why is Canada? Not to sidetrack here, but that's what this podcast is. Side tangents. What, what, why is Canada like that? And how does America, the United States, become like that? <laughs> no, I like it, man. Like most of the episodes I come on to, I'm, I'm usually very professional. So I prefer the Joe Rogan style. It's cool. I feel special. So it's nice. I like it. It's good. It's a good. It's a good reliever than most of the stuff I'm on. But anyways, uh, yeah. What I would say is. Definitely, Canada definitely has that positive stereotype, and it's definitely rang true for me, anyways. But but even in the states too, I think I think it's more just about who you choose to hang out with and who you choose to be exposed to. And a good example I heard, I forgot which podcast it was on, but it was like if you're a criminal lawyer, you're going to think that the world is a bad place because you're just hanging around bad people. But the truth is that most of the humans are just intentionally good people. You just you just your career just forces you to hang out with really the worst, like the scum of the earth. Right. So you just think the world is a bad place, which is the opposite is also true. Well, I actually don't have a single negative person in my life, like not even one. So I just think the, the the world is filled with roses and opportunity and optimism. Right. So I just think everyone thinks Master Talk's a good idea, but that's because I'm talking to the right people. Right. If I, I remember I started, I was talking to a university professor. They're like, you're a kid. Why in the world are you starting sharing communication? You're, you should be a disgrace. And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's 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 my take that's awesome i love it i love it that's and i love how you guys say university because i mean i'm pretty sure down here we say college but that's just a that's just a differentiation in terms of because i was talking to um i was talking to his name's alan steen he designed my logo and this was the first time i had ever talked to the guy he's over in the uk and we had a discussion on accents and 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 why we're all on the same thing we're all on this thing called earth and and it's amazing that accents exist because it just creates a spice in life that that would not be there without them. But it's amazing how different accents developed throughout different countries. And it's just weird. It, I mean, it's it, it really is mind boggling when I start thinking about it. But um, it, 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 it just goes back to your to your to your public speaking thing of what I just did right there. Right. So I just my like I just grammar checked in my mind. I went I stuttered over myself and I find myself particularly since you're a public speaker advocate and expert, I'm a little more on edge right now. I'm not going to lie. I'm on, like, I'm more so than I am normally with a guest. I'm a little more kind of like, all right, dude, make sure that what you're saying is making some sense here because, <laughs> because I don't want Brendan kind of judging me, you know? 
Trust me, man. I get that so much more than you'd think. I'm always like, why are people so self-conscious when they have me on? I'm like this 24-year-old uh, kid who makes YouTube videos. Don't worry about me. Just, just be uh, happy. Do you like like when you're in when you're in just casual settings, do you feel like do you feel that? If someone knows that this is what you do, do you feel like uh, they're kind of a little more on edge and they're like, all right, we got to make sure that we're on on our A game here because Brendan's in the room? No, but I do feel that a lot when I'm on podcasts, though. Really? Not like when I'm when I'm having coffees with people. Like, let's say I'm like at a, a bar or like uh, having dinner with a friend. Like, they don't care, right? Because they've known me for a long time. They don't care if they say Amzaraz or from speaking to people in like crowds and stuff. But when I'm on podcasts specifically, the host is always self-conscious because because they're being because they are public. They're quote-unquote public speaking too but since in this setting it's recorded unlike you know just like walking at a park or something together and having the same exact conversation just not recorded it's not the same stress so that's what i found i found that really surprising i just said yeah you know you don't have to worry i'm just uh you know i'm just trying to share some information out with folks or i'm not judging <laughs> the way you're speaking. so yeah that's my thoughts no, no, I, I, you know the the one thing that I will say, having done podcasting for a while, is is and talking to so many different people, is I've actually grown to like. There's very few people that I've been in contact with, and I thought to myself, oh my god, I hate the way they sound. I can only think of maybe one or two people. For the most part, it's it's usually okay. So, and it goes back to the accent thing. That's why I brought it up. Is and particularly when I talk to people with accents, like you don't have an accent to me and I don't think I have an accent to you, but um, when you talk to someone with an accent, it's a little, it's a little harder to, to, to appreciate what they're saying because now you're focused on, oh, they sound entirely different yet I understand what they're saying. It's not a foreign language. It's a foreign way of, of the same language kind of thing going on here. And, absolutely and do you like okay so you agree like when you talk to somebody with an accent is that something that is is going through your mind as well is 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 that something that is uh pretty pretty uh, no, prevalent no absolutely and and there's actually a way to fix it that a lot not many people know about so what one fun fact about me Eddie, is that i speak three languages but i can karaoke in eight so quand je parle français, so like how I just switched languages there, notice how there's no accent. Or if I say vanakam, which is Tamil for hello, which is the third language I speak, notice how, once again, I don't have an accent. But let's say I start switching into the other five languages. Let's say, okay, hola, that's stupid, like for Spanish. But let's say you say something like um, in Korean, hi, nazio, right? But there's no, there's no accent once again. So why don't I have an accent in any of these languages, right? Or, um, or another one that I like, Japanese is... Um, Konnichiwa, genki desu ka, which is, hi, how are you? Right, But notice how there's like no accent while I'm speaking. Yeah. So why is that the case? <laughs> the answer is actually <laughs> kind of weird. But uh, basically what I do is uh, I karaoke in many of these languages. So when you karaoke, when you sing songs in languages that you don't know the language in, it helps you pronounce words and languages better in the ones that you actually speak. So because I can also, I don't sing well, just for the record, you know, I can just pronounce correctly, you know, like Hindi, Korean, Mandarin, Cantonese, and Spanish, and Japanese as well. So I guess six other ones. But since I can pronounce those words, I don't understand them, 
But when I go back to English, French, and Tamil, the three languages I do speak, I don't have any accent because my pronunciation is just is just that much better. So I'm not saying you can change your entire accent. Like if you have a British accent, like you can't really change that. But it's a it's not something you want to change either. That gives you an unfair advantage, by the way, in life. So I would keep that. But uh, just if there's like little tweaks where you want to like edge out some of your pronunciation articulation, it's a good way of going about it. Interesting, man. I, and dude, that's amazing that you know even that because I only know English and like you said, like Spanish, like hola, like well, who cares about that? <laughs> like, it's like nobody that, gives a shit. <laughs> yeah, no one gives a shit about this. Like, oh wow, great, Con- congratulations! You watched Dora when you were growing up. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. My little <laughs> sister. <laughs> but it's like that's amazing, dude. And what? And you said you're only 24. Yeah, you got it. Damn, that's amazing. That's seriously really cool. And you, and it sounds like you've been around the, not, well, maybe the world. Have you been around the world? Not even remotely close, man. I actually was poor up until the age of 22. And I only started traveling now, but let's just say that ended really quickly. Why? <laughs> oh, because like, oh, COVID, yeah, COVID. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was little. I think this, this year was like the first year I was supposed to like actually see the world. Cause I couldn't even afford like a $15 meal like two years ago. It was that bad. Cause I was still grinding through university trying to get my first corporate job. So I was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go to LA, San Diego, Amsterdam, Jordan. I had like all of these things planned and I, I got to LA and San Diego. And then after that, I was like, eh, we're done. <laughs> but I, but I learned a lot from different cultures though, for sure. Oh, absolutely. And, and that is something that in your field, I would think is incredibly beneficial. So to go to, to go to another country, to go to Japan, to go to anywhere, it can only benefit the way you go about doing what you do. So what is like the ultimate end game for, for you? Is it, is it, do you want to see this YouTube channel kind of, kind of take off blossom and, and get some recognition from that? Or do you want to like write a book on this? Like, like, have you considered writing a book on this? No, absolutely. I, I think the idea with Endgame is, and this is an exercise I recommend people do, right? Because I'm sure at this point you're probably looking at me and like, man, this guy's pretty like in odd. At odds about where you're like, what is this guy's like speaking all these languages? He's like making YouTube videos, like public speaking. Like, what is this guy up to? Like, what's going on here? Right. I think the idea is um, simple. Is I want I want everyone who's listening. I know most of you won't do it, but I hope some of you do. Is to write out your own funeral speech. I think it adds a lot of clarity to your life. Whoa. It helps you figure out like, yeah, I know it's intense, right? But it helps. <laughs> you, know, you just went, oh, shit, we just got like. But it helps in the sense of if you're in a casket and you write the speech that your sister, your mother, your father, your parents, your, uh, your family are going to say, what do you want them to actually say? And what this helps you do is it helps break. It breaks the pattern of the minutia, useless things that you do on a day to day basis whether it's going to work, like not going to work, maybe you like working, but the process, the commute there, the commute back, like you're always doing the day-to-day, you're always focused on the next day, but you're not actually focused on the big picture here. For me, when I was 19 or 20, I wanted to be like Harvey Specter from Suits, you know, that show for people who those who don't know, it's like some dude who like uh, wears a suit and then gets, uh, gets really famous at like a company, makes a lot of money. And that's what I wanted because I grew up in poverty and I wanted to retire my mother and have her have amazing life. So I worked hard to get to that point. And then after I, well, I wasn't at that point, but like, I mean, the entry level job that ends up getting to that point in 10 years, I just kept going. But once I did the exercise, I kind of just said, well, do I just want to be a senior level executive and then just die? 
And obviously the answer for me in particular was no. So I just said, what's what's next for me? And that's when the idea for the YouTube channel came. And obviously it wasn't really a grand vision or end game. It was more like, oh, all these people on on public speaking like suck on youtube let me just do a better job and then i started making videos in my basement my mother's basement more specifically with a phone and no lighting because i know money and then over time as my corporate gig kind of you know gave me some more money so i invested in production stuff like that i realized what the bigger opportunity was which is i have an opportunity here that dale carnegie didn't have so when dale was all for, for those who don't know i'm sure everyone knows dale who dale carnegie is he's the author of the book how to win friends and influence people so it's like this book that has sold millions of copies but the issue with dale's life is that we don't know what he sounds like and we only have a book to remember him by but i kind of looked at that and i said wait a minute what if i just make all of these videos then after i'm dead well, the change makers after me, the people who want to make a difference, whether it's a podcast host like you, Eddie, or just somebody who wants to raise some money for charity, can rely on me for those tools because nobody else is democratizing the information. So that's the end game. I love it, man. But seriously, what I really loved about what you just said is that funeral thing. I, 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 I actually think I'm going to do that. I don't know how I'm going to do that because that's actually... Do you think about that a lot? Do you think about death like do you think about the literally the end of the line do you think about uh all right at some point it's going to happen and usually i'm only reminded when uh for everyone listening this is uh july 28th i believe yeah july 28th uh regis philbin just recently passed away and you know for someone like me who's in this this i guess this field of broadcasting and using your voice it is you know, he was one of those icons because he's I, I think he actually holds the record for the most time on television. But, you know, something like that is like this reminder of, oh, shit, it's like even Regis Philbin, this 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 TV icon, broadcasting icon is is inevitably going to leave. So do you think about that a lot or do you try not to think about that a lot? I, I think about it every second of every day, if I'm being honest. Damn. And, and <laughs> yeah, in the sense of, no, well, not every second in the sense of morbidly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But definitely, <laughs> like, it's it's on my mind. So, so I'll give you an example. So in my funeral speech here, and it's it, it's also, you don't even need to write if you don't want to, but I meant more in the sense of, like, have a mental note at the minimum of what you don't want in the letter. So what I didn't want in the letter was the following. You know, Brendan had a lot of potential. You know, Brandon should have started this YouTube channel. It would have been really successful. You know, it would have helped a lot of people. Too bad he didn't because he died at 24. But oh, well, you know, next time. Oh, wait, there is no next time. Uh, yeah, that's no, kind of a weird joke. But anyways, the point is simple, <laughs> is as I thought about my own life, I think the biggest fear that I got, because that this is what we call absolute truths, right? And the absolute truth, we know we're all going to die. And we don't know when we're going to die. That's, that's just the truth, those things. We don't know when it's going to happen, both situations, but we know it is. So given that information, if I died next year, would I be happy with my life? And the answer is yes. I mean, I went for it, but I wouldn't be fully satisfied in the sense of there was still a lot more information on public speaking that I need to share. But since I died, right, I don't, no one else is going to share it and democratize the rest of the information. So that's why I do crazy things. Like I write, I actually write out my content five years in advance. So I'm in the process of doing that right now. I just finished, actually, I'm finishing tomorrow, my content for 2021, which is a year from now. Actually, not even a year, 18 months from now. But because I can't travel right now, I'm actually writing a YouTube script every day 
so that by the end of the year, I have the next contract for the next, like, I don't know, five years or something. But the reason I do that is A, because I'm crazy, but B, because I understand my own mortality in case the worst happens. And this is what death gives you as an advantage, is that the only way to beat death is to is to always play as if it's going to happen. Right. And if you in the sense of being actively aware so that when it when it um, when it does come, you'll be ready for it. I think that's the way I think about it. So I know it's kind of weird, but I think the idea is, uh, yeah, so I, I do think about death a lot and it guides me a lot in my life. That's why I don't waste my time talking to people I don't want to talk to, being at events I don't need to be at and optimizing my way in the my time in the perfect way that I want to. Damn, man, you need to write a book or you need to do a dude. I mean, I know you do the YouTube channel, but maybe extend it to a podcast. You got a great, first of all, you got a great voice. And, and I appreciate that. No, really, you do. And secondly, you have, again, You. it seems like you don't stop to think. It seems like you just, it, honestly, it seems like, and this is going to sound weird to you, but it's. It, it seems like maybe your whole life is in a way scripted, <laughs> but you don't know it. I like it. You're right, like, because it, like, see, what I'm doing right now is I'm trying to piece together my thoughts and then get it out into the microphone. It seems like you, you're just going gun ho right full 60 miles per hour and you're not slowing down at all. So it seems like, and, and, and I love what you said at the end there where you're like, and then that's why I don't talk to who I don't want to talk to, why I don't go to events I don't want to go to. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. I know I struggled with it a lot and maybe even potentially still do. It's, you know, you have to really figure out what's the value, like, where's the value at? I love it, man. Dude, you you are extremely observant as an interviewer. You, you you're pretty much bang on on everything you said, especially the scripted part. Like it's 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 as if my life has already been figured out for me. But and the reason that is the case is because I made the excruciatingly painful effort that most humans don't do, which is coming in face of my own mortality and asking myself the hard questions about life. Like a lot of people ask me for habits. You know, they say dumb things like, hey, Brendan, like, what time do you get up in the morning, man? Or like, do you exercise, like, do yoga? I'm like, can we just put the damn yoga aside? It's not helping anybody, right? Let's focus on the only habit that matters that nobody else is currently doing, because that's what leads to the yogurt. That's what leads to the avocados. That's what leads to the yoga or whatever you want to do in the morning is the following. Ask yourself a hard question every day for 10 minutes. And here's one of those questions, okay? Just ponder, why are we saving up for retirement at 65 if Steve Jobs died at 56 and Kobe Bryant died at 41? Right? No one even asks themselves that question. They just save for retirement. They go, once I get to retirement, I'm going to be happy. Then I'm just like, but what if you die before that? Like Paul Allen, who was one of the co-founders of Microsoft, he had billions of dollars, the best doctors in the world. He died at 65. Like it's just... Like people don't understand. So that's one example. Another question is if you had all the money in the world, how would you spend your time? And most people answer with the following Uh, you know, like I'm gonna travel. And then I go, Okay, so are you gonna travel for 40 years and then die? And they go, Well, no. And then I say, Exactly. So what are you gonna do? What time are you gonna wake up? Are you waking up next to anybody? Is there anybody in the house? Is there dogs? Are you even in a house? No one asks themselves these questions. I think uh, I think that's what's missing. Oh man, yeah, dude. And just talking to you is a real kind of it's a real kind of rejuvenating feeling because you have it, man. Seriously, you really do. And I'm I'm a big believer in you know stuff happens for a reason. And and when I got that message 
on uh what the hell is that thing called i don't even use it that much matchmaker it sounds like it sounds like a dating app it has nothing to do with it, <laughs> it is it's like tinder but for like podcaster <laughs> it's such a weird name dude it's like when i got that message i think i almost scrolled past it because i was like i thought i deleted that dating app and and i was like oh wait hold on no 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 that's for that wait that is for the podcast and so i took a look at it and dude i am just just based off of what we've talked about so far and I'm really happy that I checked that out because that, uh, you know, I, like I said, I, I believe everything happens for a reason. And, and, um, this has just been a dude, really, really interesting conversation so far, dude. And, and I love it. Seriously, dude. I just, I, I really love it, man. It's, I appreciate it, man. It's great, dude. It's really great. I'm definitely, I mean, obviously everybody that's listening, if you, if you want to in the show notes, are those links to the YouTube channel and and uh, and any other links you want to send afterwards, and and they'll be in the show notes. So definitely go check those out. And and uh, I usually like to go for an hour. I don't want this to be the shortest episode of the podcast, although it wouldn't be. But um, what's what's it like right now? Because this is the big elephant in the room. So I know you can't travel. I know you can't do the thing that uh, you were probably looking forward to doing the most. But what's it like in Canada right now with with all this pandemic bullshit? No, I love it. I love it. I think I think the lesson here that I want people to take away, Eddie, and I think I'll apply for for all of us really, is this idea of who, understanding who the real enemy is. So I ask this question to pretty much everyone I talk to, uh, especially the people that I know will give me the wrong answer. And I always say, you know, you know, Eddie, uh, not you, actually, you probably give me a different answer, but most people, I would say, who? So who are your enemies? And they'd respond something like, oh, you know, my my girlfriend, my boyfriend, my exes. I'm just like, wait, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, aren't you like dating? Them? Anyways, so like their their exes, or you know, the guy who cut me off in traffic, or that storekeeper who like didn't put the eggs on top like what an idiot right and i'm just sitting here thinking you don't understand who the enemy is because we all have the same enemy and it's just one thing and the enemy is time right you can scream at time you can yell at time you can throw things at time you can heckle at time you can whine about time time will always win in the end so whenever you're frustrated about someone, you should always ask yourself the question, is that person who I'm mad at right now, are they the enemy? And the answer is, should always be no, right? It's always time. So the same thing with, with this whole COVID situation is a lot of people go, oh, you know, like 2020 is canceled. I was like, what do you mean? Like canceled? Can you like go to like uh, your ticket provider and get like a refund or like go to a bank and get your loan back and get 2020 back? Like you don't get the time back, right? So obviously, you know, I, I, I kind of moaned and complained like most people for, for but I, I just did it for much less time. You know, I was sad for maybe like four days. Yeah. And then after I woke up and I just said, look, I, I don't get 2020 back unless most, unlike most people seem to think you can go to a bank and get it back. But anyways, forget them. So I said, okay, how do I reinvent now? So normally what I do is I fly out to events to either speak at them or attend What can I do in the moment that will still achieve the ultimate goal of growing the YouTube channel? Because that's where most of my content is going to be housed anyways, where most people can learn from. So what are the ways to do that? So I just started reaching out to pals of mine, my network, and I started brainstorming ideas. And they gave me the idea. I was like, why don't you just guest on podcasts? Or why don't you just 
give virtual keynote presentations? Why don't you go back to your clients and say, let me do a virtual thing. Why don't you start coaching people? Because you usually don't do that because you're usually traveling. So I, I, I basically, and or obviously, you know, reading more books and podcasts and stuff. So now I guest on like, what, 20, 25 podcasts a week. I speak at like five events every week, three or five-ish. I listen to like three hours of podcasts a day. Like I'm just insane, right? But I think the point is, is I reinvented myself in that way. And I think everyone should do that. Yeah, you and and you did a mind reinvention because a lot of people are focused on 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 the body reinvention. And I think a lot of people forget that it's, you know, you know, and and I'm kind of a hypocrite in this uh, because I don't do a whole lot of exercising, but it is it is a whole lot more. I think I focus on my mind as well and and in just kind of expanding your knowledge and you know, whether it's having people on, right, that 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 reach out to you or vice versa, you have to reach out to them. It doesn't matter. I just want to get people on that I find interesting or that after having them reach out to me and then finding out what they're all about, get them on because I know that they're interesting. And that's what it's about. You have to, you know, yes, there is incredible value in the in the physical and you have to really kind of balance it, I think. Luckily, I have uh like one of my excuses is I have a really good metabolism, so I don't really have to worry about uh, what I eat necessarily is going to make me gain a thousand pounds. But I really do focus on the mind and and it is something that uh, just hearing you talk about it is is really refreshing. And I know a lot of people listening to this are probably thinking the same exact thing, you know, like maybe. OK, so maybe. OK, so that's what I have to do. Like maybe that's, you know, I, I can't travel. I can't do exactly what I want to do right now. So either complain about it or find out a way to, to kind of, uh, you know, to kind of just make it happen for you. It's, you have to do it, man. You have to do it. Everybody listening, you have to do it. It's, it's, and just, I know that they're being inspired from the way you're talking, man. And I know that, uh, uh, it's, you know, it's awesome to hear that you're just doing, doing you, you know, you're, you're not slowing down at all. And I think that's, I think that's a problem for a lot of people. I know that in the past, it was a problem for me. It was this, this real slump of just, oh man, like nothing is happening. Like, n like my life is not turning out the way I wanted it to. I probably really could have written that funeral thing back then and, and, and maybe even not even did it hypothetically, just kind of did it like, all right, maybe tomorrow's the day, you know, like I, like that's how far down it was in terms of like, just real depressed and you have to find that thing. Like I always say, you have to have something to look forward to. You always have to have something to look forward to. And, and if you have something to look forward to, no matter what it is, big, small, medium, I don't care. You're never going to be depressed. And yeah, I don't know. Side tangent. I love it. Good <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love what you said. Cause it gave me so many new things to like kind of speak on. The, the first thing is, this idea of never try to be normal because it won't get you anywhere, right? In the sense of, oh, if everyone else is depressed, well, I should be depressed too because that's what everyone else is doing. But the truth is, is let's kind of dig deep just so everyone's on the same page is listening, is what the definition of normal means. This is what normal gets you people. Gets you fat, except for, you know, Eddie, who's got a fast metabolism, <laughs> unlike most of us. It gets you... Um, you know, unhealthy regardless. Uh, you're gonna, probably going to be in a terrible relationship. If any relationship, your kids are probably going to hate you. You'll have no direction in life and you won't feel a sense of purpose. Do you really want to be normal? Does that really make sense? Right? You need to really ask yourself then. The other part of that 
is the only people I've seen in my life that were the most interesting are usually people who are a bit insane, who are a bit crazy. Oh, yeah. In the sense, yeah, so if you take me as an example, like I sound like a pretty normal human being. Actually, maybe not anymore because I kind of said a lot. But uh, but if at the beginning, you know, master talk, you know, public speaking. But the truth is, is every decision I've made in my life to most people doesn't make any sense. It only makes sense to other crazy people like you, Eddie, or maybe people are listening. But to most people, it doesn't make sense. So I'll give you an example. So I started a YouTube channel, right? Not on a vlog or comedy but on public speaking and communication tips. Do you have a PhD? No. Do you have a master's? Not even close. At 22 years old. So that's one thing. Other thing is I'm literally talking to you on my mattress, right? In my mother's basement. And I don't plan on moving out of my mother's basement until I'm 31. And I don't own a car, but I'm a six-figure earner. So how does any of this stuff make any sense? Well, the truth is, is all of those decisions all make sense to the only person that matters in this discussion, which is me. Because since my priority now is making Master Talk successful, well, now I, I question everything. It's like, why do people move out early? What if, what if my mom died at 27 and I spent those five years you know, living alone? I would have missed out on those five years that I could have spent with her. Like people don't ask themselves kind of the reverse, like the alternative. And if you start to really question everything, like why do I need to get married? Why do I need to be on this podcast? Why do I need to have two and a half kids? Why why the white picket fence? Can it just be black? Like, I don't understand, right? And then as you build, then you start to make decisions that only work for you. Whew, man. Let's all take a breather there. Let's all inhale. <laughs> You're kind of just like, who is this guy? You're like, Jesus. No, no, no. It's like it's, talking out of his mother's basement. He's like, this guy's crazy. But <laughs> No, it's good because it's, it's, uh, I think a lot of people, when they look at somebody, so we'll take me looking at, cause obviously your videos, you have, uh, you, you, you are in the video as well. So you look at somebody and you kind of create, you know, like a back history to them and then, and then they come on or you talk to them or whatever. And you slowly start to realize that what you had created in your head nine times out of 10 is not exactly the way they are. And you're, you're literally unchecking every box that I thought I had checked because it's, yeah, you, man, you're really insightful and not that you're not insightful in your videos, but you're just really, I'm with you. Like, you know what I mean? Like in your videos, you're focused on one kind of thing yet you have other things inside of you that, that I don't know that your channel will allow you to talk about, but that you can talk about on, on, on this podcast, on whatever podcast or, or whatever guest appearance you're doing. And it's just really, it's just, it's awesome, man. And, and I don't know, like I keep repeating the same words, but I don't know any other better words. Like I got to look up synonyms for these words, like awesome. And <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool, man. Just keep using the same words. I'm not going to send you an evaluation form <laughs> after this. Don't worry. You keep boosting my ego. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I love that you um I love that you figured out that, you know, why would I move out early? I love that. That's because, you know, uh, I think that is something that is kind of put into our head that you have to be out at a certain time, right? You have to you have to do this, you have to do that. It's sort of like it's pre-planned uh Truman show style. Uh I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. But um uh it seems like it's laid out and it just seems like, you know, you're one of those guys that is like, fuck that. I'm going against the grain. I'm doing it the way I want to do it. And, and at one point in my life, whether I'm alive or dead, I'm going to be, I'm going to have a, like a biopic made of my life. It's going to be Wolf of wall street type shit. 
<laughs> Wolf of Speak Street or something. Yeah, man. There you go. There you go. And they'll and you know they'll do the Hollywood thing. They'll they'll blow it out of proportions. But you know whatever. <laughs> I appreciate the support, man. Jeez. Oh yeah, dude. I'll be an executive producer on that. Let's do it. Let's go. I love it, man. I really do love it. And uh, you said you're in Montreal, right? You got it. Where is that? Because uh, I'm not very familiar with a whole lot of Canada, like in terms of Toronto, because I know where Toronto is. No worries. So it's a seven hour drive from New York City. So it's like uh, it's pretty close. And then like what about where in like relation to Toronto or is it pretty close? You got it. Very close as well. It's, it's a five hour train ride from downtown Toronto to Montreal. Okay. Or you can take a five and a half hour, six hour bus. Interesting, man. Interesting. Have you ever been to? Because uh, I'm in Florida. I'm in Orlando, Florida. Have you ever been to Orlando? I was. I was actually supposed to go to Orlando in April, but because of uh, COVID, I didn't. But I definitely plan on going there eventually, for sure. Oh yeah, dude. It's. I mean, you know, uh, I definitely because I've never actually been outside of the the states except maybe on a cruise. But um, I would. Canada is on the top of my. I got to get there because, again, just going back to the people that I follow and. And just seeing, you know, the skylines and, and, and again, that, that, that stigma that Canada carries with it is just, is, is really good and, and very appealing to someone like me. That's like, all right, I want to get worldly. So where do I want to start? And I want to start in Canada. <laughs> Canada. I'm going to start with Canada. I want to start with Canada, the nicest place in the world. Man, that's pretty worldly of you. It's the best place to start. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, I mean, it's better than saying, Hey, I want to, I want to go to, I want to go to Mexico. I don't know. Like that doesn't seem very, I don't know, appealing to me personally. Yeah, I, th- I think the idea. This is something uh, that I think would be interesting for people. Is you know, we we all travel for the same reason for some reason. Uh, for some reason, I kind of speech coach kind of repeating his own words. But the idea is simple. It's like we go like, oh, you don't want to go on a beach, you know, and just and, and the way I see it is because uh, a lot of people like ask me about like relationship building. How do you meet cool people? And I always say. If there's like this weird niche passion that you have, like, I don't know, pen collecting, and obviously none of your friends probably like to collect pens like you do. What I always advise people to think about is instead of spending your whole life not being around other pen collectors, why don't you just spend a couple of hundred dollars and fly out to the world's biggest pen collecting conference and just go meet your people? I think that's not something people like to do. Like to give you an idea, like the first conference I attended that changed my life was in Columbus, Ohio. This is the middle of nowhere, but everyone who attended were insanely talented. I was just like, wow, where have these people been my whole life? So I met more lifelong friendships in 72 hours than I did in the last three years of my life. So I think the idea is, is just, you need to make that investment to do the weird thing that nobody else is willing to do. For sure. Absolutely, man. I used to do, um, I used to do, do a lot of magic and, uh, not like the get, like not magic, the gathering, the other thing, the art form, uh, <laughs> <laughs> where you're doing like tricks and shit. Uh, and I did a lot of conventions as well with this one company I worked with where they would travel around the States and they would go to magic conventions. Cause believe it or not, those exist like a bunch of magicians just gather and jerk each other off. And they're like, Oh wow, your tricks better than mine. Uh, but it, you know, doing that again, is is something to just kind of even if you don't make friendships because it sounds like you had a better experience doing that and maybe it's just the people you were interacting with i don't know if magicians have this this uh pole up their butt that is that, that that's just really hard to get out uh but i didn't make any like 
long-term friendships, but it was just a really good experience and something I missed doing. I like, I really miss just, just, just experiencing other ways of living, you know? And I think that's one of the best ways to do it, whether it's going to, you know, Columbus, Ohio, or, uh, South Carolina or New York or Vegas, wherever. It's just, you have to experience like, and this is why I want to get out of the States. This is why I'm really upset that, you know, I haven't been outside the United States yet. Cause there's a whole fucking world out there, dude, that, that I have yet to experience. I've only seen it on my television screen or my computer screen, my phone screen. It's just, yeah, it, 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 you know, like that's, that, that is one of my goals is, and it's not like I can't, I have a passport, I'm ready to go. It's just, once this COVID thing ends, it, you know, it, it's, that's going to be the, that's going to be the, the popping, the popping the cap off or the, the, what am I trying to say? The wine bottle, the, I can't think of what that word is. Like the champagne bottle, like the thing that just kind of gets you like, the oh, cork. I need to get the cork. Keep going. Yeah. That's pop. it. There we go. That's what it is, man. It's just once this ends, that'll be the, and then I'm out. So, uh, and dude, I love this conversation, man. I really love this conversation and, and, uh, I want to stay in touch with you cause you are definitely somebody that, uh, has life figured out. And those are the kinds of people I love, even if we're not in the same country, <laughs> those are the kinds of people that, uh, that I need to be around and uh, love being around. So, um, Definitely want to stay in touch with you, dude. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for reaching out and and even wanting to come on here because this was this was a this was a really cool opportunity. No, for sure, dude. And and one thing I want to emphasize is you mentioned that is uh, I definitely don't have life figured out. You know, right. I, I, I think, yeah, that's definitely not what it is. Well, you, you, you fooled you know, me funny, the way you like, talk. Kind of a, yeah, go ahead. No, I I was just saying you fooled me the way you talk, dude. <laughs> oh no i mean like okay look let's not let's not lie either like there's definitely some things i have figured out about life like you know what i want to achieve what i want to do but i think that there's a lot of questions that i'm still wondering so i'll give an example i remember when i was 12 and i separated my life into three categories actually i got this from lewis house's podcast for those who don't know it's an awesome show as well and he separates life into three buckets health wealth and relationships and i always thought my whole life that wealth was by far the hardest one to get. Because I just said, look, I mean, relationships, especially me coming from like Sri Lankan slash Indian culture, it's like, oh, you just get an arranged marriage and you figure it out and it's easy and you're done, right? And then with health, I'm not even joking, like this is literally how I thought. And then health was like, oh, you know, I just get a personal trainer, eat avocados all day. That actually ended up being the case. It's actually not that bad to master health. But wealth ended up actually being super easy. Even if I thought it was hard, you know, relative to the other ones. At the end of the day, if you just get yourself a high paying job, you can get out of poverty pretty easily. It's just, I never thought that way. And I'm sure a lot of people listening feel that way in some ways, because, you know, when you don't have money, you feel like it's so impossible to attain. And then when you do, you feel like it's the easiest thing in the world. So what I learned in my life, and then, you know, I'm still trying to figure it out is I realized that relationships are the hardest thing. Because you're kind of trying to end specifically romantic ones, not like, you know, friendships. Those are pretty easy to figure out. Just say the weird things that you actually do in private that nobody knows that aren't illegal to everyone around you. And then you figure out the people who actually like you, not the image of you. Right. But the other side of it with the romantic thing is like you have to kind of figure out, okay, what kind of like relationship do I want? And do I want to be in the same relationship with the same person for 60 years? And then if so, do I want kids? And then if so, what does that person expect? And how will those expectations change over time? So that's an example of something I still have no effing idea 
what I'm supposed to do. And uh, I'm, and it's even if even for a 24 year old, it doesn't it shouldn't matter. But uh, you know, it's just something I think about. So so there's always gaps in people's logic. There's always stuff that you don't have figured out. So you always got to keep learning and and growing. And I try my best to to hopefully give the illusion that I have stuff figured out. <laughs> well, coming from one magician you uh that was a great illusion so uh but no dude i totally understand what you're talking about i definitely do and and uh that's that's i mean ultimately that's what i guess it's all about keep on learning you know i uh i agree so i appreciate you coming on here man and i know we wanted to kind of keep it around this this time length so this is uh, perfect um like i said everybody go check out master talk links down below and uh, Brendan, I will uh, definitely stay in touch with you, and uh, I hope you uh, reciprocate. Absolutely, dude. It's such a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, man. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Take it easy. Bye. Yeah, bye.